tormented. It feels more like... Haunted. Yeah. Something happened. My husband went upstairs to our balcony and let himself go. You must wonder why you drove him to it. Why I didn't drive him to it. I thought it'd be true. But if you had given him the chance to apologize, he'd still be alive. What? You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Welcome into another movie of the week talk here. Main feed. Ma'am fam, it's summer. Hope you're enjoying it. Maybe you saw Top Gun Maverick once, twice, four times over the past weekend. If you did, we got our review up for that. But tonight, today, we're talking a movie that's been out for a while that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet. It's Alex Garland's Men. And one that we've been looking forward to for a long time. So, it's Kent here, joined by Richard. Brian is out for work reasons this week. It's not because he was too scared to see this. <laughs> so many might think uh, he was going to see it, but uh, yeah, timing-wise didn't work out this week. But we'll have him back next week for Jurassic World Talk, and we'll talk Hot Air on the VIP feed. On the VIP feed this week... It's Richard and I talking 1997's Contact, starring Jodie Foster. So, if you're into that movie, you want to hear our conversation, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. This week, filling in for Brian, we have our woe man of the hour. It's Meg Spell. Hey, Meg Spell. How's it going? Hi. I'm doing well. How are you both? Doing very well and excited <laughs> to talk about this one with you. Yes, yes, I've been anticipating it. <laughs> good, good. Well, um, let's rewind people on our thoughts on Alex Garland, Richard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had Ex Machina as my number one movie of well, uh, that yeah. year, I believe. So You did. And Ex Machina regarded. is Latin for the Machina. The Machina. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. This is, that was one of my favorite bits that we got a lot of reviews on. <laughs> I was – <laughs> <laughs> I loved uh, I loved that one, and I wasn't as high on Annihilation. Still, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, actually like it a lot more in retrospect than I did in the moment. And I did rewatch that one uh, prior to seeing this one. But what I have liked the most from him is his show Devs that he did. Yeah, on Hulu with Nick Offerman mm-hmm. and Allison Pill. Did you see that? I I I did weirdly. Rare. So, so on retirement TV show out of me. I watched that. The wife was watching. That. I was like, I'll watch this one with you. Yeah, that was a that was a. I remember there was that one. There was that Jason Siegel one at the same time. They were coming out like dispatches week to week. from uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, both were. The devs was better, but it was crazy. Devs is very much like Severance. Um, yeah, in the new show, but but way I think way more nuanced than that. Than mm-hmm. Severance has been, but but a similar similar kind of style of show, uh, science yeah. fiction. What is your uh, Meg? What's what's your experience with the Garland? 
Yeah, I'm, I've been a real Richard about TV the past couple of years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Dev Severance or the other uh, one that you referenced. But um, I, I really like. Do so you watch uh, a lot of weird like Bundesliga two soccer games too, or? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watch a lot of uh, the same TV that I've always watched <laughs> yeah, over and over and over. And over. <laughs> what are your shows? What are your comfort yeah, shows? What are your what's I, your go to? What, what are your weekly watches? Uh, I've been doing a um, Taskmaster run through again. Okay. Have you ever watched? It's like a British panel show, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of mindless watching. That's a good show. Um, yeah, it's the only thing that's Have you ever on watched Gogglebox? Speaking of British television, I, have, I like Gogglebox a lot. I have. Uh, they need to yeah. find a way to do that with American audiences. I don't know how that would work, but such a great concept. Yeah, but I've just been bad about TV. I've been I rewatched American Vandal recently. I that was so I good. That was so good. <laughs> One of the more underrated comedy series of the past. Decade, I think about that American show Vandal. all the time. Oh yeah, I- so do I. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, the main character, that I don't know his name, but when he pops up in something, Jimmy Tatro. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh man, he can he can bring it. It's super funny. Yeah, but but I did. I really liked um, Ex Machina, and I I probably like him pretty pr- a pretty similar level. Uh, maybe Annihilation uh, with Time Apart, I like a little more um, than Ex Machina. But I really loved mm-hmm. both of those movies. So when this was announced, I was really excited because I also love Jesse Buckley. So oh, cool, perfect. You were really a Dread to fan it. too, right? Wasn't that Alex Garland? What Dread? He wrote Dread. Okay, I thought he yeah, directed he it and got like, kicked it. off halfway through or something. Oh, maybe. Like a- yeah, I know he didn't. He didn't end up directing it, um, but I know he. I was listening to him talk about writing it uh, very recently, and it, how that went through several iterations. So you might sure. be right. He he might have been attached to direct at one point, but um, or maybe he what, came in halfway through on that. I don't know. Ex Machinism, Sunshine as well is another yeah. kind of big. Uh, I don't know, uh, underground science fiction uh, sure. movie. So he's somebody that I've had my eye on uh, and looked forward to his films for, for quite some time and have always kind of waited for this huge breakout film from him to take it into the masses a little bit more. And he says, like, he doesn't want that. <laughs> and... He said, like with like with his other films, that he he's found like the feedback has been, hey, if you just did this, you could reach this audience, or if you know you made these changes, we could it would be so much better, uh, more well received. And he just never like had a production company understand what he wanted to do until like you know working except working with a twenty four, and he's talking about how they let him make Alex Garland movies <laughs> and that's what he wants to do. And I think this is like the most uh, certainly out there Alex Garland movie that we've gotten so yeah, far sure. in terms of um, like audience enjoyment level, I would say. And not that it's like any less ambitious than his other movies, but like he's not making movies uh, more universal. He's making them less universal. If anything, he's making them more, <laughs> capture who he is as a person than um, trying to conform to any type of trends or anything like that. So that's what I really appreciate about him is he's sticking to his guns 
And this one was definitely not sci-fi, way more into the horror um, element of things. But Meg, give me some general thoughts on this and like how you felt in the theater as you're watching this. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get to go first. Um, I, I did, I did not like it very much. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know how either of you guys felt, but, um, uh, every movie the last 10 years, but go ahead. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I feel I'm kind of a hard person to bore. Um, but I found basically the whole first hour, pretty boring i mean other than the scene where she's like walking through the tunnel and there's just yeah. kind of some horror aspects to that sure. um you know but even that i felt was kind of and i don't know if it was because i was expecting more from alex garland you know if i went to see this and in my head it was just a horror movie and i didn't know who the director was and i was just you know going to have a good time and not going to talk about it on mad about movies maybe i wouldn't be so critical but I, I think I just kept waiting for something a little more extraordinary to happen. And so then I ended up at least leading up to kind of the climax feeling like, well, obviously, you know, we as a horror audience are going to, you know, be waiting for something to pop out of the tunnel or be, you know, aware of like weird, creepy vicars. Uh, so. I it was just kind of slow for me to begin and again might be partially my expectations because yeah you know I mean just kind of from the get go I I kind of felt there was a a more engaging appeal of the plot of Ex Machina and Annihilation like from the first more 10 minutes premise, yeah yeah and this one you know I I almost expected it to kind of build into something a little more exciting and a little quicker than it ended up. Mm. And then that ending also ended up being kind of disappointing for me, but I won't hog the mic for too long. No, same. (laughs) I had a similar experience with it where I was like, kind of like, okay, we're, you know, you're in these kind of films, you're constantly, at least I am like guessing the twist, right? Mm. Where's this going? Where's this, what's this building to? Is this, to your point, Meg, is this boring on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> or is this trying? just boring? Yeah. You but know, it didn't you... feel like I was being lulled right. into a false sense of security. It right. just felt like it was moving towards nothing. <laughs> well, I'm not as good of a movie watcher as you because I was like, I'm definitely purposely being uh, led into a, a false sense and <laughs> and thinking, it's okay, it's Alex Garland, it's all purposeful. Also, like uh, no offense to Jesse Buckley or Rory Kinnear. You know, it's like this could have been serviced more by like leads you couldn't take your eyes off of too. Like right? uh, if if yeah, this is what's the plot uh, that was in, um, I don't mean that even physically. I just mean like just like it, more it, charismatic it, actors. No, I'm saying what's your name? Yeah. Uh, that was in Invisible Man. Yeah, Elizabeth. Or, well, what's yeah, great comp. I don't like know if her you're name, gonna, Elizabeth. If, uh, um, these oh are gosh, very competent <laughs> Elizabeth uh, Moss. 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 <laughs> I was going to say Elizabeth Olsen. Totally. I, was I was like, like Olsen. Right. No, that's Same. not right. I was going there too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like these are very good actors, Rory Kinnear and Jesse Buckley. But like, I don't know. They're not – to me, they're not leading like movie stars. And so and, – and by the way, if you have a poppin' first act, then they're fine. But like if they're really going to have to do the heavy lifting here mm-hmm. to keep my interest, I'm not – you know what I mean? I don't really care. And so, but I was stupid. I was like, it's Alex Garland. The whole movie, I'm like, 
I was so out of this movie thinking about it as a construct for this podcast. The whole time watching it going, Douglas Garland's going to have a crazy, like, he wouldn't do this. I was also, I was like looking all around the screen at all times. Like there's something trippy happening that I'm not noticing. I was in an escape room for (laughs) a hundred minutes. I was, same. (laughs) And I don't know if that's what you want. (laughs) No, I know. It's like, surely this thing, this kind of meandering very kind of like uh, this could be on BBC at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday right. plot. And you're going, this is okay. This has got to be on purpose. And then you kind of, it slowly, slowly washes on you when you realize you, you're 80 minutes in that you go, I don't know if it is like this is. And then you do that thing, which is a real compliment to someone who's made some really interesting work. Or then you go, well, maybe the problem's me. Maybe I'm too stupid for this. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, because I have no self-esteem, yeah. you know, that whole thing. So that was my whole experience. Oh, yeah, no, I'm familiar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I so, think. And Ken, yeah, I want to hear you, because you're the, you've got the the techni- technical prowess, and mm. you, you love Alex Garland as I do, but, like, I want to know what you're, how, what was the Kent experience, kind of the inner dialogue watching this? Well, I think to your point of, is this on purpose? Uh, is this boring on purpose? I think it is. I think he, you know, all of that is intentional, Meg, of of you wanting to look around the frame mm-hmm. for for the guy, you know, at the window or whatever it is. I think he's playing with the audience um, in very Hitchcockian type of way there and building that tension because he's at the level of a, of kind of like when you put his name on a movie now, people do expect a twist or something big to happen in it or some big statement to be made. Right. So when, when you go in knowing that um, and it doesn't happen immediately, you're right. You do expect it to happen more often, but I think he, he says in the movie or he said in in an interview, I was, um, watching of him talk about this, that one of his favorite things about working with the cinematographer, Rob Hardy, who he's worked on with um, on his uh, other films is he used the word understated is, is that he said he, he knows how to do great stuff without making it too great. <laughs> Essentially like Alex Garland wants all his movies to be kind of understated in their presentation in their storytelling and their use of CG and all that kind of stuff. Like he wants to not make big movies and he, for this one very purposely like wants to isolate the audience, right? Wants you to have that uncomfortable feeling in your stomach. Um, he says he's very influenced in this one by like the, uh, you know, early Sam Raimi stuff, like the David Cronenberg, uh, type of stuff for uh, the, the body horror ele- element of things, right. Where he's not really known for that, but like he certainly has a respect for it. So, so yeah, he knows what he's doing here in terms of uh, playing us like a fiddle, if you will. And I, and for me, it was such a way more of a slow burn. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, wow, this is really a slow burn uh, horror movie if I've ever seen one. Right. And, um, it's not like jump scary in, yeah. in really that aspect. It's more creepy, disturbing in a midsummer 
type type way. It reminded me of Midsummer thematically in a lot of ways, with the very obvious religious um, satirical notes. Uh, you know, literally starting the movie with her picking a fruit off a tree. Like, yeah. I feel like you can't get any kind of more obvious about where we're where we're and headed I with think- this thing. I think that kind of was at war in my brain because Mm -hmm. I like, I I really did enjoy the cinematography and, you know, just kind of the way, like, I, I liked the environment he was setting up and like the atmosphere, but I felt in, I, I know that he was kind of trying to marry that with kind of, I mean, like you said, obvious, like, you know, uh, allegories and, you know, even just kind of, the way it ends, I feels very, you know, kind of, but I, it ended up feeling heavy handed to me because mm-hmm. it was so different from the, you know, atmosphere, I guess. I think uh, to me, the, like the whole point I got out of the entire movie, and I want to see your point, uh, Richard, that you got like thesis statement for it is like men need women a lot more than women need men and like we need to like accept that not not they don't need us more but like we need to like understand the um changing of gender roles and now like um it, this movie's all about control and about gaslighting and about um the lack of independence and the lack of respect that we have for women overall and uh but still the need for companionship that we have and the expectation of companionship that we have um it is eye opening in a lot of ways and i think it serves more as a conversation starter really than like the conversation itself great that's a great way. your last sentence was very apt i think yeah the thesis statement is better than the short story <laughs> you know right um it doesn't get lost in its own morality. It doesn't get lost trying to. That's what's weird about it. it. Doesn't get. It's not like one of these movies that's like has this idea and it wants to get across, and it kind of gets lost in that. I wouldn't say this movie does that. It just very sort of. It's a really unique film in that it it very slowly and very methodically and very obviously and sometimes and very subtly at sometimes explains what it's trying to get across, sort of overtly. And then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and I you do, I, I, I agree with the kind of, you know, thesis being stronger than the movie. Uh, the, the one thing that I, you know, kind of came out of it though. And I was like, was this movie trying to convince me that it's unsettling to be alone in the woods surrounded by men? Because I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we know. <laughs> I think if this show tells you anything, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how did you feel, Meg? Like, how did you, as a woman, read like the thesis of the movie? <laughs> as a like, woman, how did, uh, you know, what did you uh, get out of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and uh, it's, I feel like something that is kind of a hard balance because, you know, I, I think that this is something that you know Alex Garland was clearly passionate about and wanted to kind of put on screen, but. Th- 
when I'm not very like engaged by it. And then at the end to be like, yeah, you know, all, all men need therapy and you don't want to be alone with them for too long. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I could have told you that going in. Um, we got hundreds of hours of this show to tell you the exact <laughs> same yeah. damn thing. It made me really appreciate Jordan Peele, man, this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Jordan Peele does this type of thing way this genre way better. Yeah. And um, I, I appreciate like an uncompromised, you know, vision. I wouldn't have wanted, you know, a, a studio oh, coming this in and being vision. like, well, yes. this isn't going to sell. This is, like, a, this is a, a A24 told him, go make your movie, man. And yeah. They, so I'm always going to you know, yeah. spend my money seeing that so that these right. movies keep getting made. But you know, it just, just wasn't a hit for me. Yeah. There is, um, there's a lot of obvious, you know, religious versus secular, you know, tones in this when it comes to like the green man thing at the end with the leaf face guy. Um, that was pretty, pretty creepy. Her going to the, the church and seeing all the, the, uh, imagery. It feels so British. Oh, this is an extremely <laughs> British like, movie. The whole yeah, time I was like, "This, it, uh, yeah, it's it got to be some like a kind different of, world." He said he wrote this thing um, right after Sunshine. He wrote the first draft of this, um, yeah. like fifteen years ago. Or that kind of makes more so, sense. Yeah, because I feel like maybe fifteen years ago people were like a movie about misogyny. Now that's right. something but new. <laughs> he probably didn't have the clout to just say, "I'm going to do this." Yeah. Until until Annihilation and all that stuff and devs and all that, you know, were successful. So yeah, that's, that's cool that he could just pull out a screenplay that's 15 years old and say, you know, I want to make this now. And he just shot a, his next movie. He's in post-production on it right now um, called Civil War. I don't know what it's about, yeah. but um, Me either. it's, uh, he said Kristen he's going to take a break. Captain America and... <laughs> No, and Iron Man. I hope it's mad. about the They're Civil in a little War. fight. Just, they're in a little fight. just the and best they, Civil War movie of all time. And they're British both good guys. Science fiction guy made it. They have different opinions as to how to be. It's a Kirsten good guy. Dunst. Uh, yeah, in it's, it. Kirsten, it's the Dunst. And it's uh, there's no plot synopsis at this point, but it's. Uh, I, I don't need a plot synopsis. Kirsten Dunst. I'm there for Kiki. <laughs> Man, I watched uh, Drop Dead. Go- My wife had never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous. Meg. We watched oh, it. I- Gosh, like so good. <laughs> that so cast good that. is iconic. <laughs> and like Denise Richards is even good. That's how good that movie is that Denise Richards is passable in it. Yes. They use her perfectly. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. I had the little <laughs> I bet you guys didn't see that detour coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh but he said he wants to take a break from directing. Um and just write stuff for a while. Because he like these last uh, annihilation men and uh with the pandemic obviously push things back and move things around and civil war his next movie he's like these and devs obviously did in between that's like took so much energy he, he wants to just like chill for a while and not direct movies so he's like he really wants to write for uh, other directors like but not he said not like Marvel level stuff. <laughs> he literally said that. He's like, I want to write like big movies that aren't like Marvel movies. Um, so we'll see. Maybe he can team up with a Ridley Scott and give him a good screenplay, you know, to work off of or something like that. And I'd and be excited about cool that. Sci-fi. This movie feels very pandemic-y. 
I yeah, I know it was it shot last year, yeah, but to me, like I'm four like people in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is like to me reads like it's July 2020 and someone's losing their mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't more uh, uh, references to that kind of thing in, yeah. <laughs> in this. In the but okay, let's get to the end. In the big, actually, I want to mention one thing before that. The, the mail slot. Actually, I guess this is the end. The knife mail slot. Uh, thing that was pretty uh, gross, right, Meg? Yeah, big time. <laughs> you know, you don't see that too often in a movie. It went very gore heavy in the end. Yeah, like, it did. The last like three percent of the movie is it? Oh, uh, I know. You and kind of let your guard down on it. You it know? didn't ease you into that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Is, it like goes cats, for it. Uh, you know, lull you into a false sense of security. But you know, like when I'm comparing it to like Annihilation, like I don't know, all the kind of weird Annihilation nonsense really builds kind of consistently throughout that mm-hmm. movie uh, not to com- continue to compare it to annihilation but this one really did kind of you know i i saw the you know new cronenberg movie a few days later and i was like I oh need to, man i just need you to, need like, to chill on the b- <laughs> to take body. a break this is not yeah. my genre went home and watched titan <laughs> and you were like having a good old time <laughs> i i don't walk out of movies i am not that person but i was halfway through that cronenberg movie i'm like what am i doing here I could wow. just be. At I don't home. know if I can do. I don't know if I can do Cronenberg in twenty two. Like his, what he's. I'll be honest with you. Everyone, right everyone's giving it great reviews, but I, I, I wouldn't go, Kent. Why bother? It's gonna I make know. you feel sick. I was at the I Alamo. I was, was trying to eat. That wasn't happening. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, like yeah, this burger doesn't taste as good. <laughs> like a Saturday lunchtime. What have I done? It was just a human arm, though, right? That they had served up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I ordered the pizza, <laughs> but that's the Cronenberg special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Cronenberg menu. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. And it's yeah. I, I heard it's Vigo Mortensen's, but you know, there's really no way to know. There's no way to know. He can sprout another one. I said, I'm this like, this good. is for Green Book. I be uh, <laughs> this is the part of the pod where I really miss Brian because I would love to hear his review of the the last act. Because like this is where you could just, either yeah, like the audience is. <laughs> this is like either where the audience is. Um, Still with you and like accepts like Alex Garland, this is who he is, or like you're out like completely. Like, I hate this movie, I'll never watch it again. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of feeling like you, you, you haven't earned this from I me. I don't know how he did all that stuff. <laughs> was it all practical or CG? I mean, like a guy giving birth to five versions of himself, never thought that could work on camera, but it somehow did. It was it such was a totally long grotesque scene. and horrific. and. <laughs> I had to look away multiple times and all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's what you want. I was like people to look away from your film. It was happening. And at one point I was like, how how many more versions of this guy were there? How long is this going to go on? I don't remember now. (laughs) Why did you think of the last version being her ex-husband? Well, that's another thing we haven't really talked about is like, you know, the characters past trauma and Mm -hmm. the husband stuff. Which did kind I of... I mentioned it a little with the gaslight. Yes. That's what I, I was referring to. But And like, you know, it did... I I understand that the end of this, you know, I guess she's kind of in a more cathartic place. That's what we're supposed to understand when her friend shows up and finds her mm-hmm. in the orchard. Is that your guys' reading as well? <laughs> Maybe. I think it's more like when the fact that her friend is pregnant, is that like life will continue? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I was just I, almost at that point when it was, uh, you know, her her ex. I was just kind of like, yeah, she's really going through it. 
You know, did yeah. she deserve this? <laughs> She's yeah, trying is. her best. She just wanted a vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's something I thought was maybe to your point, Richard, of like, could could this have been a, another actress? Like, I I would have been a lot more freaked out at the end than she was <laughs> in this movie. She's kind of like s- sitting there, like watching this all go down, like accepting it. And like, that's another like, thing. I don't think. I don't think it built up to the point where she's like, you know what? I might as well just, I'm, this might as well happen. Like, I don't yeah. think we got there. And this still was all yeah. happening within, you know, <laughs> the same day that she kind of got fully freaked out, you know? I still, yeah, I still expected like one more big sequence in the movie. Yeah. It would take a and lot more ended. time for me to <laughs> just be like, well, I guess this is, this is what's happening. All right. He's going to have, yeah. no, he's going to birth another version of himself. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And there's an, Oh, and there's another one. You know, what would have been great during that moment is if there were the, when he's birthing different people, he's just birthing each cast member of two and a half men. <laughs> So John Cryer, and then the and then you have the now, you can't get John men, Cryer men, these men, days. Men, manly men, <laughs> theme playing in the background. It would have really brought this thing home. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tied the it title. Up. Sheen wouldn't wear a mask though. Men, 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 men. That's the, that whole cast was just too. Butch. <laughs> I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do an edit of this with that song under that. <laughs> men, 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 men. Uh, he tried to get Charlie in there. He was like, "You can't wear your your bowling shirt and cargos, though." And he's like, "No, can't do that." <laughs> I'm out. That's 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 the only way I show. They were trying work. to get they were trying to get Cryer, but they didn't have a, a wig budget for this one at all. <laughs> he would not sign in for it. All right, um, let's grade this bad boy out. I think uh, this is the most blatantly ambiguous. Um, Alex Garland film and the one that like he doesn't care if you like it or not like he's he's going for his own thing and you're in or you're out and I respect out, that absolutely. but this is certainly my uh, my least favorite of his films so far having said that but I'll give this one a um, B plus what about you oh. Richard I'm gonna go C plus I was going to go C minus. There we go. We got some range here. Thank God Brian's not here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. There it is. There's the uh, review for men. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And uh, before we get out of here, let's do a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Go ahead, Richard. Okay. Um, yeah. Did I want to do? Did I? I'm. I'm sorry. I don't remember what I did last week. Did I do the George Carlin documentary yet? Yeah, I did. So let me do the other one. Let me do the Norm Macdonald. Nothing special. Uh, so painfully on brand, honestly. Did I already absolutely. do the George Carlin? I'll do the Norm Macdonald. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is how I roll. These are the only things I've watched. You did Spade, too. Yeah. I did the Spade one. But yeah. the Norm one's really good. It's a really interesting special. Um, just It's a 
basically a Skype call of him telling jokes for an hour and then people talking about the end. It's really weird and really Netflixy, and uh, I loved it. I love I love Norm from back when I was a kid. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that because other than that, it's just you know weird books I read. No one's gonna read any of those. So I'll just do. Uh, I'll just go with the Norm special. People might watch that. It's on Netflix. So uh, yeah, nothing special. Great. How has that not happened? How has that not been the special title yet? Um, that yeah. should have been five years ago, ten years ago. But yeah, did you watch it, Kent? Uh, yes. I yeah, cried. Very good. I, I can't believe about that. His mom and stuff. Oh man, Norm gets me right in the feels. Something about yeah. his. I don't know. He's got like such a uncle quality to him. Yeah, and um, I love that about him. Hey. I can't believe Netflix kept it under wraps that they had this until yeah. kind of the, the the comedy festival it got out. But uh, but yeah, I, I would have thought they would have announced this like a couple of days after, like you know. But uh, respect to them, and it's cool that they were able to release this for sure. Well, I, what's your favorite Norm uh, stand-up, Richard? I think Hitler's dog. Yeah, it's my favorite. Same. That one's really strong Classic. all the way through. Because he, you know, normal, he'll do the weird uh, Canadian uh, rude bit. Kind of like we were just talking about with Alex Garwin. He'll purposefully be non appealing for like 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. But the Hitler's dog one is like all the way through strong. Yes. Just jokes. Good jokes. I like jokes. It's weird with my comedy. I like, I like to hear jokes. Yeah, it is. That is a strange. <laughs> I'm weird thing. that way. You're crazy. So it's not very like modern of you. Yeah, I know. I'm not very worried that way. <laughs> um, Meg, what you got for us for a recommend? Sure. So um, I'm going to recommend Fire Island, which just came out last week, which is a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Uh, oh. A gay rom-com Pride and Prejudice retelling. I didn't know it was Pride and Prejudice. Oh, oh it is. I didn't know that either. First line what... of the movie's first line of the book. It's excellent. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> So, um, it looks I have, good. I haven't seen it yet. It's, I'm excited. It is good. It's very funny. It was created in a lab for me with jokes specifically about my cousin Vinny and call me by your name. Well, those um, are jokes for me yeah. too. <laughs> and it's also, I just have a thing. If it's a Pride and Prejudice remake, unfortunately, I have to watch it. And yeah. unfortunately, I'm contractually obligated to love it. So it's good that this one was actually good. <laughs> awesome. That's such a great idea to do that. Oh, yeah. It's really fun. Um. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. I'm looking at now on Wikipedia, it's like, oh, okay. So he's Fitzwilliam Darcy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Elizabeth. He's awesome. a good Darcy cool. too. The I'd never really seen that guy before. He was in, I guess, How to Get Away with Murder, a show I didn't really okay. watch. But so Sarah um, knows him well. Then probably love him. <laughs> it's a, it's a good a, movie. <laughs> there aren't a lot of SNL people that I feel like have potential outside of the the uh, show. And I feel like Bowen Yang is in that. Yeah, he is. I feel like he he can do a lot of stuff. And it doesn't feel like, I feel like a lot of times when someone goes on SNL and kind of becomes a big deal and then is in like their next, you know, few movies, it feels like they're playing their SNL characters almost. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of feels like, you know, an actor in this. And that's not always a luxury. He's not a one trick pony. Exactly. (laughs) He's a little more. show up and fall down or yeah whatever. he's a little more movie. kind of the vulnerable <laughs> one of the two so yes. the two cool. kind of main characters so it's good yeah i like him too he uh i don't think he's really found his stride on snl which is not necessarily his fault that's a hard right you know that's a different thing but i when i see him i like him you know he's like an interesting 
He does Get a great bit where he's the iceberg from the Titanic. Yeah, that's funny. That's like, that's, <laughs> that's a a great. Bit. And that's the way in, right? I feel like with SNL, it's like you yes, get a good update, update thing going yeah. and then you you figure it out from there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a killer next three seasons if he's a monster. A lot but, of people left, so he'll probably have yeah. more. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like a lot of the celebrities really like him. There's like the video after Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. was on that she was like, can I get a picture with you? And he was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. Kim Kardashian. People rec- recognize he's pretty, uh, pretty unique. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, good yeah, recommend. That's good. I saw a trailer for that. I had no idea it was. Uh, yeah, I didn't know it was. Uh, and I had a friend. It up on my list. I had a friend who you was know like, it was a Quibi. It was a Quibi uh, <laughs> developed. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I had a f- Hulu. Thank you, Quib. I had a friend who was like, "This looks very much like, you know, the, the Target Gay Pride collection, but a movie." And I was like, "No, it's actually good." <laughs> that's good. Really what, looking uh, forward to the Billy Eichner. Uh, yes, I was going to say that's oh, a yeah, great that trailer. That made me laugh like six yeah. times in that trailer. That that's going to be hilarious. Fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pumped for that too. Billy Eichner makes me laugh so hard. Yeah, I think this is yeah, this is a little too. more earnest than, than that. But you know, if you know you're getting into a Pride and Prejudice movie, you know what you're getting into. Billy <laughs> Eichner, Letterman. Um, um, that's my recommend, by the way, is the Letterman YouTube channel. Um, oh, nice. Because, uh, he's so been good. so much good stuff on there. Finally, like worldwide, like he had all his own, he had all his footage. Like, he, you know, his production company produced the late show for all those years. So, like, he has all that stuff archived and they're just now in 2022 <laughs> starting to roll it out on YouTube, which is hilarious to me. But, uh, yeah, Billy Hector was one of the interviews they did. I think I sent it to you guys. Yeah, and he's doing the Billy on a Street bit with Dave, <laughs> like trying to interview him. It's so funny, um, <laughs> but uh, gosh, so many throwback interviews that I watched like in high school that I haven't seen forever. There was a bit where on Memorial Day they had their stage manager trying to assemble a barbecue grill in the lobby of the show, and they were just checking in on him like throughout the show, uh, trying to assemble this thing. It was a great thing. They had a like an interview with the Olsen twins when they were like in their peak. And I was like, Oh, remember when the Olsen twins were a thing. And that was a, that was a funny uh, rewatch too. You I still mean, have that countdown so clock to when they I still have the poster in my room. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> real. It's real. God, is there anybody that could have made more money that didn't than the Olsen twins? I think they made plenty of money. They did. They, but they, like, they had their own they could production have been, company. They, they could have like, been the Kardashians though. It, like if true. they wanted to, like yeah, they fair. were the original, they were. They, they were don't seem to care. Huge. They didn't care. That's amazing. <laughs> they yeah, love cigarettes, like, which I respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem to like cigarettes more than anything else. They like, they're, they're like, like how many good, takes would we do in between? Uh, like a venture capitalist <laughs> and a cigarette. That'll be. Yeah. That's all they need. Yeah. And those like wasn't one of them married to a Sarkozy or something? Yeah, that was pretty like, rad. And they're they're married to like rich, yeah, oligarchs and stuff. The, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. But like I said, there might not be. <laughs> Somebody who voluntarily turned down a billion dollars yeah. than them. <laughs> they could have just stuck it out, and thrown their name on some stuff. They would have done it pretty young. I mean, they're not that much. They could have retired at 25. Yeah. Like they retired when they were like 17. Yeah. Like that was like fine. their last, their last like movie, a, I think, was when they were 17. They had like a clothing line. They do, clo- right? They, they had every Walmart. They had, they had, it's yeah, funny because it was, everything they have was like in Walmart. This- Oh, is it at Walmart? Okay. It, so they yeah, have like, it was, but it's like, but they're high fashion. They're like all heroin. Now they have stuff. like some high fashion stuff, okay. I think, still. 
but it's like I just really don't understand but, all, but like they still don't partner with like big right. high fashion brands. Yeah, that's it's what not I'm like the Olsen like twins for Dior. It's like the yeah, Olsen twins for about. some perfume right. brand you've never heard of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anyone saying like, "Oh, that's hey, well, great. It's a great you know blouse you got," and they're like, "Oh, it's an Olsen." That's never <laughs> been you know it's Celine, but like it's. You know, it's Ashley Olsen designed it. That's never happened, but yet they get a hundred million dollars a year. I'm, we need to look into this. Maybe they're money laundering. It really said it sounded so insane to me when you just said Ashley Olsen alone just now. I'm like, who is that? They're Mary Kay and it's Ashley. Weird you have you, to say when you isolate one, yeah, it doesn't know? feel right. What's weird is that, like, when they did a Fuller House, um, I respect. By the way, one of their middle it. names is Fuller. Did you know that? I did not. I did not oh, know that. I think it's I like Ashley Fuller Olsen. Um, oh, weird. But. uh when they were doing to do Fuller House, like they were gonna get just one of them. I think I think Ashley wanted to do it, and Mary Kate was like no, or vice versa. <laughs> so they were just gonna get one of them. That would have been a weird thing. At one having point, one Olsen twin. At one point, also wow. in that show, they're like, oh, uh, you know, what's her name is off at school, and then, Michelle, the, yeah, and then they like, and then they like look yeah. at the camera. I'm like, no, I think she was mm-hmm. right for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, that show was terrible. And I'm, she was smart to avoid it. They offered it apparently they to it. Elizabeth. They wanted to get Elizabeth Olsen to do it, but she yeah. was like, "No, is I'm she in is she movies. busy with five Marvel movies a year?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an actress. Is I'm she an actual busy actress. making more need, money? Than need to do Dave Coulier properties. <laughs> yeah. at this point. All right. Um, then they, what was that one guy? Eric Olsen? Eric Christian Olsen. They asked him to. Oh, the guy I forgot about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he was on ER, I think. Greg That's Olson. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, they could have gotten Greg Olson and tied in. For the- <laughs> <I've been awesome. laughs> Couldn't get Mary Kate or Ashley, but we got Greg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd see Ka- one of them run a seven yard Carolina out Packers, to the sideline. Panthers tight end. Greg Olson. <laughs> Greg Olson as Michelle. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's enough for one episode. Yeah, we thank is. you for being here. Thank you for uh, sticking around for recommends and uh, hope you enjoyed men and uh, let us know your review of it though via the discord. If you're a VIP or uh, social media, if not, but become a VIP and get our thoughts on contact after 25 years. Good conversation. That'll be in the VIP feed this week. Meg, thanks for stepping in for Brian who was definitely not too scared to see this movie. <laughs> he made sure we said that. I, I texted yeah. him and I was like, can't imagine why you skipped this. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to see it. Like, I'm going to see uh, it. I'm just busy I don't know if you, I don't know. I cannot <laughs> wait for Brian's review in the last 10 minutes. I just, I'm, that's going to happen on the show. I promise you we'll get it. But uh, that should be fun. Thanks again. Meg, we'll have you back very soon. Thank you. And thanks for being here. Thanks. We'll see you soon at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Silence is They're calling again.